What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Entertainment Purposes Only. As always, I am your host, Ben Hardy. Getting back to normal this time, actually going to be talking college football. This is going to be our usual, typical weekly preview. This is, of course, week five, and uh, got a lot of big games again. Another loaded slate, not really in the sense like last week was, where we just had like five or six bangers of a game, but this one's got more quantity of games that are good, you know? Like, they might not be A-plus level, but they're like B-level, really interesting. Keep your attention throughout it, and we're going to be getting into those in just a second. Before we do, as always, thank you to our good friends at Arbitrage Racing. I'm going to keep saying it, guys. They're our only sponsor. I'm going to keep repping them. The best stable in the digital horse racing game, period, bar none. If there's another one that you find that's better, I'll give you your money back for listening to this podcast. That's my guarantee. Because you don't have to pay any money to listen to this podcast. It's free. Don't let the word subscribe scare you. It's not a subscription where you're paying for anything weekly, monthly, yearly. No, it's free. So hit that subscribe button. Every time I'll upload a new episode, it'll get sent into your YouTube feed. Hit the like button while you're at it too. Our friends at Arbitrage Racing would want you to do that. Also, go follow them on Twitter at Arbitrage Racing. No G in the handle. All right. Lot to get to, so we're going to go ahead and get started. First big game of the weekend, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. We got Utah going to Corvallis to play Oregon State. Now, Oregon State's coming off the loss to Washington State last week. Utah got the big win over UCLA. Oregon State's favored by three and a half in this one. So those of you who have been listening to me know how I feel about Utah quarterback Cam Rising, who hasn't played this season. I think he's great. This line's telling me right now he's not playing in this one. And it makes sense that he wouldn't if he couldn't play last week. Short week because they're playing Friday, going on the road, and next week they have their bye. He's not playing. They're going to keep him out this week. Let him rest up even more through the bye and hit the ground running here in two weeks. So with that being said, I don't have a play on this one. I don't know what's going to happen. Utah's defense is the real deal. But they just, their offense struggles without rising. So I don't know what's going to happen. We're staying away from that one. Why does the Pac-12 make their contenders go on the road in short weeks like this all the time. It derailed so many national championship playoff hopes for like Oregon, USC back in the day. Why do they do this to themselves? I don't know. But here we are again, one of the Pac-12 contenders going on the road for a really tough game on a short week. You get what you deserve, Pac-12. Next up, Florida at Kentucky. That's a nooner on Saturday. It's fascinating. Before the season, remember, Florida was picked to finish like fifth or sixth in the SEC East. They go on the road to Utah week one, get throttled. Everyone writes them off. And they come back in their next big game. They throttle Tennessee. People don't know what to think of Florida right now. People also don't know what to think of Kentucky because this is their first big game. Like I said, Florida's played Utah and Tennessee already. They've already got tons of big game experience, and it's still September. We don't know about Kentucky yet. And remember, in the offseason, 
Mark Stoops did himself some shopping in the transfer portal. Bought himself a nice shiny quarterback. Devin Leary from NC State. He was good at NC State. We'll see. This will be his first big test as a Wildcat. Some of these transfer quarterbacks have been very good. Some of these transfer quarterbacks have been a bust. We don't know about Leary yet. Going to be really interesting to see. I know a guy who's a Florida fan. He was texting me during their game last week against whoever the heck, State Tech, little team. Trevor Etienne's one of the best backs in the country by the numbers, and Florida just doesn't feed him. That's sort of the thing their fan base is all up in arms about right now. Expect a healthy dose of Trevor Etienne in this one. Again, at Kentucky, Kentucky's favored by one, which means the odds makers are telling us on a neutral field they think Florida's better, which nobody would have predicted this preseason. If I have to make a pick, give me the Gators, but again, no idea. This is a watch and learn game. We're going to watch the game. We're going to learn a lot about both of the both of these teams looking forward to it. This one, by the way, to travel back in time, Florida, Kentucky would have been a classic Jefferson pilot game. If you know, you know, if you don't do some research before sec network was a thing, the noon game, like second, third tier sec games this week were on a network called Jefferson pilot. And it was just the best. They had the best, like, theme song going into the game. It was Brooks and Dunn, Let's Play Some Country. They did a remix, and they were saying, let's play some football. Oh, it was so good. And then you get to the game, it'd be Dave Neal talking about who the heck knows, making no sense whatsoever on the broadcast. The cameras were, like, fixed on the upper deck, like, top of the stadium. You were watching, looking like you were looking down from a plane, Blowing in the wind. Oh, such great memories. This game has Jefferson Pilot written all over it. Alas, it doesn't exist anymore. But it would have been fun. Time to talk about everybody's favorite team in this next Dooner. USC, they're not everybody's favorite team, but they're going to Boulder to play Colorado. And at this point, when I say everybody's favorite team, I am saying it tongue-in-cheek. I think the tide has sort of turned on Colorado. They're definitely the most polarizing team out there right now. People are either riding with Dion or they can't stand him. Except for me, I'm kind of in the middle. I still think he's done a great job. Like, if you thought they were going to go in and compete with Oregon, you were an idiot. And I think people are being a little disingenuous on that, taking their victory laps. But we talked about that last episode, so we're not going to get too much into that. USC's defense stinks. They're horrible. And they haven't played anybody good yet. They beat Arizona State 42-28 to last week. The week before that, Fresno State beat Arizona State 29 to nothing. This is supposed to be a national title contender. Their offense is great. Caleb Williams is the best player in the country. But man, I mean, that Arizona State team doesn't have a pulse. And they stayed within 14 of them, dropped 28 on him. I really wish Colorado could have Travis Hunter for this one. 
Even so, I think they keep it close. Spoiler alert for when we get to the picks. We're taking Colorado in this one. I feel like the whole world's going to be on USC in an overreaction to the Colorado-Oregon game. I don't know if they're going to keep it within arm's reach throughout the game where the back door is going to be wide open, but I think Colorado keeps it a lot closer than people think. Another game at noon. Texas A&M versus Arkansas. Why in the world is this game played at Jerry World every year? This game should be on campus, home and home, alternating between College Station and Fayetteville every year. Why do we have to sterilize this game and put it in a big, empty, soulless NFL stadium? It makes no sense. I hate it. All because Jerry Jones went to Arkansas. Georgia, Florida, and Texas, Oklahoma, and Army-Navy. Can't forget about that one. Are the only regular season games that should be at neutral sites in college football. All the other ones, put them on campus. Anyway, Connor Wegman, that Texas A&M quarterback I've been telling you about all year, he's out for the year. Not as big of a blow as you'd think. Because when he got hurt last week, Max Johnson came in and that offense took off with him. Max Johnson's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the country. A&M's very fortunate to have him. Maybe not as dynamic as Connor Wegman, but, you know, if you're dealt the hand of your starting quarterback being out for the season, every team would take Max Johnson to fill that spot. Like I said, their offense took off when he came in last week. Arkansas's offense took off against LSU last week. I'm not overthinking it. We're going to be on the over 53 and a half. A&M's favored by six and a half, not touching the spread either way, but I think there will be points, points, points. Finally, moving on from the noon slate, 3.30, Deep South's oldest rivalry, Georgia at Auburn. Now, looking at this objectively, Auburn can't throw the ball. And Auburn can't stop the run. Not a great combination to have playing against this Georgia team. Now, Georgia's sort of in the same boat as Kentucky earlier. And USC, like I mentioned. They haven't played anybody. When they played the kind of somebody, they came out of the gates really slow. We're down 14-3 at halftime at home to South Carolina. Before they woke up at halftime. So is Georgia super flawed or is this their first kind of test and now it's going to be go time? I don't know. You think the last two years when they won the national championship, think about it. Came out of the gates week one in 2021 playing Clemson. We're actually underdogs in that game. Last year came out, played Oregon week one. They had to be building up pretty much already peaking in week one those years. This year they didn't. So, could it be possible that, you know, this team just doesn't quite have it like those teams? Or could it have been by design that, you know, there's no point in peaking too early until week five with the schedule they've played? I don't know. Again, 
watch and learn game. We'll see. I do like the under, under 45 and a half. Auburn, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. Peyton Thorne, he's the pocket passer. He stinks. He just sits there, pats the ball all day, and takes sacks. Robbie Ashford, he's the runner, but he can't throw. So what are they going to do? I don't know. They've been sort of going back and forth. I think Hugh Freeze sort of got fed up with Peyton Thorne last week, put Robbie Ashford in more. Ashford would be better for the under because, like I said, he's the runner. They'll just keep chewing clock. Auburn not being able to stop the run. I think Georgia will be content feeding Dejon Edwards, moving the chains. Again, new first down clock rules. Just chew the clock, chew the clock, chew the clock. Not touch the 15-point spread. Don't know what's going to happen there. I think Georgia wins. Sort of one of those typical, you know, just man-balling, workman-like wins. Nothing flashy, nothing special. We'll see. Six o'clock. Touched on this one last episode. LSU and Oxford for Ole Miss. Both teams got something to prove. Ole Miss maybe a little bit more than LSU. This is the game that started the Ole Miss downfall last year. They were undefeated, riding high. Went into Baton Rouge. LSU put that beat down on them. Rode the momentum all the way to the SEC West title. You could say it was a torch passing in the West. LSU did win the West last year, but, you know, everyone still considers Alabama the beast of that conference, as they should, for that second-place spot. I think last year was a torch passing from Kiffin to Kelly on that one. Ole Miss is looking to take it back. So how are they going to do it? Lane Kiffin has to be old-school Lane Kiffin to win this game. He's got to be cocky. He's got to be arrogant. He's got to be running trick plays, scheming guys open, telling people to get their popcorn ready. That's the swagger Ole Miss needs back. And I don't know if they have the team to do it, but we'll see. LSU favored by two and a half. I'd be more willing to take LSU if they were favored by six than two and a half. Two and a half is too scary. Feels like somebody knows something, so we're not taking it. I think LSU's better. Sort of at a point where before I'm taking Ole Miss in a big game, they're going to have to prove it to me at this point. I think this is similar to the Florida State-Clemson game last week where I said if both teams play their equal game, Florida State would win, I think. And this one, if both teams play their A game, both teams play their B game, LSU beats Ole Miss. But again, going in to the road game, that can sort of level that out, make LSU make some mistakes, maybe not play that A or B game. I don't know. We're just going to have to see. Again, watch and learn. That's the theme of this week. I might title it Watch and Learn this episode. We'll see. End of the night slate. South Carolina goes to Knoxville, Tennessee. Tennessee put the word out today. They're rocking the all-black uniforms. That's worth a few points to me. Tennessee's orange is hideous, but you put it on that black, not too bad. Tennessee's favored by 12 at home. Spencer Rattler is the best quarterback in this game. He's better than Joe Milton. 
Since the North Carolina game, they've been able to score points even around that offensive line. Again, Tennessee, in their first big game this year, went to Florida. Did not go well. It's a prove-it game for Tennessee. Everybody had them sort of slotted in their fourth place in the SEC coming into the year behind Georgia, Bama, and LSU. Prove-it, Tennessee. You come out, beat South Carolina by 20, you could still be right there. You really struggle, lose the game, or got to win it late, something like that. You're just not what you were last year. I don't think they are what they were last year, period, but this would confirm it already in September if they don't come out and beat South Carolina like they should at home in the black uniforms. Now, who would have thought a month ago this would be in our big game preview for week five? Notre Dame favored by five and a half points in Durham playing the Duke Blue Devils. It's another fascinating game. Under other circumstances, I'd be taking Notre Dame minus five and a half all day. But are they going to let Ohio State beat them twice? That's the question. Is Duke the real deal? Or is the Clemson game fluky? Did they get lucky? Now, everybody knows who Sam Hartman is. How about Riley Leonard, Duke's quarterback? His comp is Josh Allen, by the way. That's the kind of player he is. Great quarterback matchup. Even with that being said, under the circumstances, I like the under. We'll get to it in the pick segments. I just think styles make fights. Notre Dame's going to want to run the ball. Notre Dame's going to have success running the ball. They'll be content winning by running the ball. Not going to try to get too flashy after last week. If Notre Dame could sign up for a one-point win in this game, they'd take it in a heartbeat, so... Even with the loss last week and no conference championship game for them for that 13th data point, as the committee always likes to talk about, I don't think they're going to be worried about style points this week. I think Notre Dame gets it done. The only hesitation is, like I said, where are they mentally after the Ohio State game? Where not only could they have won that game, they should have won that game. We'll have to wait and see. We'll see how mature of a team this is. On to the picks. Medium number. We got 17 this week. I think starting next week we'll be into the 20s. But uh, like I said, a lot of of watch and learns this week. First off, Nooner. Game we already talked about. A&M Arkansas over 53.5. I think A&M's... Offense might function a little better under Max Johnson. Arkansas's offense seems to have figured it out. Both teams might need to get into the 30s to win this one over 53 and a half. Colorado. Now, number where we made this pick earlier in the week, it was at 23. It's lower than that now, but Colorado plus 23 is the play. Again, 
they could keep it sort of competitive through the whole thing. USC could blow them out in the first half, then sit Caleb most of the second half. Or Colorado could just slide through the back door on the last drive. I don't know. I think it's within this number. Clemson going to Syracuse. Syracuse is hot, trendy team right now. Clemson's beat up two and two. We're taking the Tigers minus seven. Clemson minus seven at Syracuse, I think it's going to be worse than that. Georgia Auburn under 45 and a half. Already talked about that one. Just similar to Notre Dame Duke, I think. Georgia will be content just grinding out a nice, you know, 24 to 10 type of win. You know, we got a lot of room to play with above that score, too, for this one. I just, more often than not, that game's going under. Got two plays in the same game here, not doing the parlay. We're just taking them separately. I really like Michigan minus 17. They're playing Nebraska. Nebraska just stinks. They stink. Michigan should win this game by 20-plus in their sleep. We're also taking the under. Under's only 39. They're thinking it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm thinking the same. Look, I just don't think there's a way we can lose both of these, and I think there is a way we can win both of them. So I'm thinking worst-case scenario, we go one and one in these. And look, if Nebraska's offense just goes off against Michigan's defense, we tip our hat. Didn't see that one coming. We move on. Kansas, Texas, over 61. I mean, Quinn Ewers, Jalen Daniels, Sarkeesian, Lance Leipold, they're going to find out ways to score points on each other. Easy over for me. 61. Baylor UCF under 55. Just a yucky game. Baylor's struggling against everybody right now. UCF looking to get that first Power 5 win as a member of the Big 12. Their defense is going to be on it. Under 55. UMass. Minus one. That's right. We're taking UMass as a favorite. Why? Because they're playing Arkansas State. And again, in this house, we fade the Red Wolves. Didn't go well last week. We're still going back to it. UMass has shown more signs of life than a typical UMass team. I still think Arkansas State's a dead dog. If Arkansas State wins this one, we won't be fading the Red Wolves every week anymore. But for now, it's just, it's been too good this year up until last week. Navy, minus three and a half for South Florida. Just because. Just because. I was a little bit hard on the old US of A in the Ryder Cup show. Felt bad about it. Support the military. Navy, minus three and a half. Georgia State, they are minus one. And that's what we're taking. Georgia State minus one at home against Troy. I still, for some reason, think Troy's just a little bit overvalued. Georgia State's been impressive. They put the whooping on 
Coastal Carolina last week on Thursday night. Got the long sort of mini bye week since they played on Thursday to prepare for this one. They're at home. Troy going to them. They're going to win the game. Give me the minus one. Notre Dame-Duke, under 52. Already talked about it. Run, run, run the ball, Notre Dame. Eat up clock. Move the chains. Won't be getting too fancy, I don't think. Air Force minus 10 and a half. They're playing San Diego State. Again, support the troops. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding about that, but that's not why we're taking this one. San Diego State's been way overvalued. They beat Ohio week zero. You guys know how I feel about Ohio. I'm sad they're on a bye week this week, so we can't take them, but Ohio is awesome. San Diego State beat them week zero because Ohio's quarterback got knocked out. He's been back since, and they've been awesome. San Diego State way overvalued because they beat Ohio without the quarterback. This line should be more than 10.5 for Air Force. We're getting it at a discount. Air Force minus 10.5. Now, you want to talk about a gross, disgusting game coming out of the ACC this week. Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech. Pittsburgh's favored by two and a half on the road, and that's what we're taking. Pittsburgh's not good. They're bad. They at least had a pulse last week. We took North Carolina last week. They covered for us against Pittsburgh. It wasn't quite as easy as I thought it would be. Pittsburgh at least showed signs of life. Virginia Tech has no life. Dead. Pittsburgh, minus two and a half. Win the game by a field goal is all we got to do to catch this one. Give it to me. Alabama minus 14 and a half versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State stinks. Like Alabama, if you can't win this one by more than two touchdowns, you're just not very good. Just run Milrow. Let him throw deep balls. You'll win this game by more than two touchdowns. Mississippi State, bad. Washington minus 19. Nephew Mill approves. You know how he feels about Washington. I've come around. I believe in what he's saying about him. He was wrong about Saban last week, but he's been dead on about Washington. Minus 19. It's a low number if you ask me. Also, I don't think Arizona's quarterback is playing. Huskies by three touchdowns plus. Last one, Fresno State minus 24 and a half. Fresno State's awesome, guys. They're probably the best group of five team in the country. They're at home versus Nevada, who stinks. I like Fresno State is good enough to where they'll still be excited about a game like this. Like, they haven't gotten to the point where they're like, oh, it's just Nevada, blah. Like, they're going to go, oh, it's Nevada. We can crush this team. That's what they're going to do. Minus 24 and a half. So, that's the card for this week. We hope it's got more winners than losers on it. Simple as that. Enjoy the games this week. Follow me on Twitter at EPOCFB. We'll be live tweeting Ryder Cup and college football all weekend. Thanks for hanging out. See you next time.